What's up, everybody? My name is Andrew, and welcome to the Bundesliga. This is episode 21, where we will be talking about match day 21. Now, today, guys, I have a huge episode for you. So it's probably going to go a little bit long, but we have a lot to talk about. We got action in the mid card. We have action at the top of the table. We have a lot of important matches this week, and I have a really interesting deep dive for you guys, where we're going to dive deep, deep, deep into the history between two MLS players turned Bundesliga stars. So, with that being said, let's get right into it because we have a lot going on this week. All right, let's start off in the mid card and work our way up to the top of the table. So first up, we have Sporting Club Freiburg versus Hoffenheim. Now this is the battle for the last Europa League spot in the Bundesliga in this season so far. Now, Freiburg steps up here with a 1-0 victory. Like I've mentioned a couple times, Freiburg is starting to establish themselves as that team that wants to make the jump from mid-card Bundesliga team to a team that competes in Europe every year or at least some years and that is what Freiburg did in this game. They are showing that they want to be that team, they want that spot and they are working towards it really hard. So it's kind of really weird that Hoffenheim who scored three goals versus Bayern in midweek in the DFB Pokal couldn't put one past Freiburg today. It's kind of a real hot and cold form for Hoffenheim right there. Maybe they're just showing signs of burnout being in both these competitions while Freiburg is already eliminated from the DFB Cup, but we don't know. But uh, yeah, it's definitely interesting seeing Freiburg grab that brass ring and really go for it, and Hoffenheim, at least this week, seems to stumble a little bit. Anyway, continue on. This is going to be a really fun race for the Europa League to watch this season. So. While some people watch the races to see who wins the top of the table, we have a real interesting race going for the four Champions League spots and even the two Europa League spots. So there's just really packed action in the entire top and mid card of the Bundesliga table. Moving on, we have Frankfurt versus Augsburg. So in what's been the most up and down, hot and cold team in the Bundesliga this year, Frankfurt produces a 5-0 clean sheet versus Augsburg. Now, I've mentioned this time and time again how Frankfurt sold off some of their best attacking players and because of that they've been kind of floundering the season in the mid-card, but then they've had some amazing matches like this one as well. So it's, I don't know how to rate them, I don't know what they're going to do in the next game based off the previous game's performance because they've gone and lost games and the next week win amazing games, so it's really hard to predict them this year. Now in this game, we have braces from Chandler in the 37th and 40th minute, who's a right back, but in this game was kind of playing a right wing role. So that's an interesting change for him. And then we also have a brace from Philip Kostic, who scored in the 89th and 90th minute back-to-back to, back to seal the deal, put the nail in the coffin against FC Augsburg. So real good performance from those two players in this game. We also have two assists from Kostic, so he's definitely making a real impact in this game and even for Frankfurt and the team in general. So he's a player to keep an eye on for sure. So Frankfurt now have 10 points in three matches in 2020, and they eliminated RB Leipzig in the DFL Pokal. So it's really interesting to see their form this year. You know, they're beating Augsburg, they eliminate Leipzig, but then they're losing really easy games as well. It's kind of a tale of two halves for them. They're having a really great resurgence in the Rückrunde and hopefully they can dig themselves out of the hole they dug for themselves in the first half of the season. All right, moving on. Next up, we have Mainz versus Hertha Berlin. 
Now, in this game, we gotta give a shout out to Khoisan. He got a hat trick. And right now, he's among the top scorers in the Bundesliga, but he's still outside the Golden Boot race. I believe he has 11. Jaden Sancho Buffin, I think, has 12. So he's in that pack of players that have fallen behind Timo Werner and Robert Lewandowski, but they're in that third, fourth, fifth place spot. So shout out to Robin Kwaizan for that. Heretic seem to really be falling apart this year. Last year, I rated them as a team that finishes top of the mid-card, kind of where Hoffenheim and Freiburg is right now, but Hertha's kind of fallen. They're, they're below their intercity rivals in Union Berlin, who just got promoted this year, which is pretty crazy. So they're approaching the relegation zone, and yeah, it's pretty crazy. Like Union fans have to be really happy right now that out of the two teams in Berlin, the newly promoted one has already beaten Hertha this year, and to see Hertha approaching relegation while while Union keeps climbing the table, it's very. Uh, it's got to be a point of pride for the Union fans for sure. Hertha only has four points in four matches so far in 2020. However, next week they play Paderborn, so we'll see how they perform against the league minnows. Maybe playing a easier team, getting a win there will boost their confidence up, and hopefully they can have a resurgence. But we don't know. Actually, just as of recording this. On a Tuesday, I believe either today or yesterday, I heard the news that Jurgen Klinsmann was dropped as their coach. I don't know if he stepped down or the board terminated his contract, but they're out without a coach now. I believe he was an interim coach anyway, but he's gone. So that's a pretty crazy development as well. We'll see who they pick as a replacement and how that either helps or hurts them going forward. All right, now that we're done with the mid-card, we are approaching the top of the table and some of the more exciting, and there were some really exciting matches at the top of the table this match day. So first up, we have Bayern versus RB Leipzig. Now, while this match wasn't the most exciting match, it was a 0-0 draw, it was not a snoozer as far as tactics. It was a snoozer in terms of goals, but the tactics were there. Nagelsmann is showing that he's a very young coach, but he's capable of going toe-to-toe with experienced teams, with giants, and giving them a run. You know, not conceding to Bayern at home in the Allianz is not an easy thing to do. And RB Leipzig was able to do it, while themselves also giving Bayern a run for their money and setting up lots of shots and lots of chances for them as well. This was really a back-and-forth, back-and-forth game. Both teams wanted it, and both teams wanted to protect their spot as well. So it ended up being a 0-0 draw, but as far as the tactics, if you watch that, it was a fun game to watch in that aspect, not so much in the goal scoring. That being said, both teams did miss easy, easy sitters. At one point, Nkunku got the ball on the left and passed it to a wide-open Timo Werner, who shoots it right on Neuer with no defenders around and just puts it wide. Doesn't even force a save, just puts it completely wide, and that must have hurt him real bad. Then on Bayern's side, Goretzka was at the receiving end of a beautiful pass, and the only person he had to beat was the goalkeeper, and Pilu Gulashi just made an amazing save. He guesses the right direction, puts his full hand on it, guesses right, and blocks a shot. So Goretzka was robbed of an easy goal there as well. So both sides of the field, both sides of the pitch, we have shots and misses, and we have shots and blocks. No team can seem to get that opening goal or that winning goal for themselves to elevate their team to victory. 
So those are the main moments there. You even had a couple goals taken away from VAR. You had great buildups, great chances. Just no team had that final product. One good thing as a Bayern fan for me in this game was that we actually saw the return of Lucas Hernandez and Kingsley Coman. Although it's very briefly, but we did have their return, so that was nice to see. Lucas Hernandez had been out since early in the season with an injury, and then Coman took a knee injury right at the end of the Hinrunda. They're both back now. Whether or not they'll be in the starting lineup going forward, I don't know yet. I wouldn't rush to get them on the pitch as early as they can. I want them to recover fully before we get them out there. But if they're ready to go, I can't wait to see them on the pitch again. Now, one of my favorite points that I'm going to talk about in the deep dive in this match is that we had a real fun matchup in Tyler Adams and Alfonso Davies. These are both players that started their careers in the MLS, are both still very young, got transfers to the Bundesliga, and now they're plying their trade here, and they're both kind of breakout stars in their respective teams, and we're going to talk all about that in the deep dive. All right, now for the most exciting game this match day, Wow, this game was a barn burner. We had Dortmund versus Bayer Leverkusen at the Bayer Arena, Leverkusen's home stadium. This was a wild game. So this is third place Dortmund coming into fifth place Leverkusen's home and trying to get the victory. There were goals. There was back and forth action. Both teams left it all out on the pitch. They were there to play, to score, and they both wanted to win. So to open up the scoring, Kevin Vallon scores a goal. However, doesn't get to relish his victory for too long. Two minutes later, Hummels equalizes with a beautiful header. Then, Emir Chan scores to take the lead for Dortmund. But right before the halftime whistle, Vallon equalizes it with his second brace of the season, and both teams head into the tunnel with a 2-2 tie. And with this level of action and with this atmosphere, Everyone knows that this is not the end of this game. There are more goals to come. All right, so we return in the second half, and Guerrero gives the lead to Dortmund. However, Leon Bailey scores a goal for Leverkusen. It's ruled out by VAR, which was a bummer for him. But he gets a good one to tie it up at 3-3 later on. And then only a minute later, Lars Bender scores the game winner against Dortmund before they can even collect themselves and recover from Leon Bailey's goal. The nail is in the coffin, and that game is over. Although Dortmund played hard for the last 10 minutes, they could not recover from that 4-3 scoreline, and that is the end of the game. 4-3 Leverkusen at home. That's got to be a great game for their fans, a great game for their confidence, and now they're catching up to the top of the table as well. One point of note here. For the first time since his arrival at Dortmund, Erling Haaland does not score a goal. So that was kind of coming eventually. No one can be on that hot of a streak for such a long time. Is he slowing down maybe? Is this uh, a sign of him slowing down definitely? Definitely not. Erling Haaland still had a great performance, just did not have that final product today. Now, Hummels, Chan, Guerrero provide goals here. It's not enough. Leverkusen closed their gap on third place to only two points. So the team outside of third place was only two points away, and that really tightens the top of the table in terms of the race for the title. Now, if you guys are listening and wondering why I haven't mentioned 
Gladbach yet. Well, there's a good reason for that. For the first time since 2011, the DFL canceled a match. There was a storm risk that forced the match to be postponed, and Cologne and Gladbach did not get to play their match because of dangerous weather conditions in Germany. But that just adds to the drama of it all. We don't know when the match is going to be rescheduled to, but we do know now that Gladbach has a game in hand, even though they technically fell in the rankings because they haven't played a game. They didn't get a one point or a three point or any points. They have a game in hand, so whenever that match is played, that's kind of a bit of a surprise for all the other teams since Bayern's not in that game, Leipzig's not in the game, Dortmund's not in the game. It's really on Gladbach to get themselves those points later in the season, and that could really throw a wrench in everyone's plans. Current league standings are Bayern's in first place with 43, Leipzig's in second place with 42, Dortmund and Gladbach are tied in third place with 39 points, and then Leverkusen is in fifth place with 37 points. So we are as tight as tight can be in the Bundesliga from first to fifth is separated by six points, and that is just a really, really tight race for me. Lots of fun here, and I can't wait to watch every single game that I can this season. All right, so that does it for match day coverage. Now I'm gonna do one of my favorite deep dives. I've been waiting for this one for a long time, and now that we've had the Bayern versus Leipzig game, I'm glad to talk about Tyler Adams and Alfonso Davies. All right, so in case you guys don't already know, I am a MLS fan as well as a Bundesliga fan. I'm a fan of the New York Red Bull, and I watched Tyler Adams play at Red Bull Arena plenty of times, and Red Bull are my home team here in the U.S. Now, Tyler Adams came over from the New York Red Bulls to RB Leipzig in January 19. The season prior, I believe, Jesse Marsh, who was the head coach of New York Red Bull, left the Red Bulls to go to, I believe it was RB Leipzig as an assistant coach before making it over to RB Salzburg as a head coach. So Tyler Adams was able to rejoin Jesse Marsh in Germany for a while when he came over to RB Leipzig. And when Tyler got there, he left Red Bull, I believe in December, arrived in Leipzig in January, and he was put right into the senior squad. That's a pretty big move for a player who at the time was 18 or 19 years old. But the couple games he played with them from January through like April or March, they did not lose a game when Tyler was in the starting lineup until he picked up an injury. So he had some injury trouble early into his start with RB Leipzig. He picked up a groin injury in the summer then, in summer of 2019, and didn't play from the summer anywhere in the beginning of the season until the last game of the Hindrunde when he was actually able to return late in December. Then, in December, when RB Leipzig sold their midfielder Deme, he moved on to Napoli in January 2020, Adams was able to get his spot back in the midfield since he was healthy and they sold the midfielder. It was perfect timing for Adams to come back. Now, Adams is a very, very versatile player. He can play in the midfield, both offensively and defensively. And if you guys watch the Bayern Leipzig game this week, you'll see how versatile he was. There was times where he was matched up on the wings with Alfonso Davies. There was times where he was playing very much defensively, almost like a, a left back or, or center back. And there's times where he's playing like a distributing midfielder. He's done it all, and 
that versatility makes him a very dangerous player for any opponent to face. Now, if you guys check out the show notes for this episode, I'll have a bunch of videos with both Alfonso Davies and Tyler Adams, talks about their history and their, their upbringing and how they got to the Bundesliga from their clubs and their entire family history. It's very interesting. For Tyler Adams, I have one produced by the New York Red Bull themselves, which is very emotional as a Red Bull fan. And then I believe there's one produced by some other companies as well. Definitely check those out. Now, Alfonso Davies has a very, very similar story to Tyler Adams. He came over from the Vancouver Whitecaps in the MLS in January 2019 as well, just like Tyler Adams. At the end of the season for the MLS, which ends in November, December, finished out the season with the Whitecaps, made a transfer over to Germany. Also, I believe he was 18 or 19 years old. These guys are coming over very young to a foreign league and coming here to ply their trade and make their name. Now, Alfonso Davies, interestingly enough, did play a couple games for the reserves, and he was on the bench for Bayern. He didn't get a start right away like Tyler Adams did. He was benched and then would play for the reserves until they needed him. And I believe there were a couple games late in the 2019 season, 2018-19 season, where he did get a couple of games off the bench, but he was not a starter like Tyler Adams when he came to Leipzig. Now, this season, with an injury to Lucas Hernandez, Nicolas Sule, and Kingsley Coman, it forced Bayern to just change up a lot of their lineups and their defensive structure specifically. So what happened was Boateng became this starting center back like he always was. They moved Alaba over from left back to center back as well, and then they put Alfonso Davies as the starting left back next to Alaba. Now, I believe for the Vancouver Whitecaps, he always played as more of a winger and a forward and an attacking player, had very little defensive abilities and defensive um, experience. But Bayern trusted him with that spot, and especially with Alaba as his partner, they gave him that role. And in this season, he's really grown into that spot and propelled himself really into superstardom here with how well he's doing for a 19-year-old kid playing in the Bundesliga at the highest level to play as well as he is is super impressive. Now, what I'd like to see actually is even though he's taken to this left back role so well, I would like to see him at some point play in that left wing position because watching the MLS, I know what he can provide offensively. Now, I know we have Coman and we have Nabri and Ivan Perisic and a bunch of other players that already take those spots. But I would definitely give him a chance, give him a couple games as a left winger and see what he can do because I believe that's where he really thrives. Although I am definitely not upset with him playing at left back. He's developing super, super well. And with the pace he has on the ball, I mean, he gives Jaden Sancho a run for his money. He gives a lot of really quick players a run for their money with some of the defensive runs back he makes to stop some plays. So... I'm happy with him in either place, but I would like to see him as a forward player. That being said, I love to see the great development of these two players. I love in general that Americans and Canadians and MLS players are being scouted and being recognized for their talent and coming over to Germany and to the Bundesliga. I'm starting to notice that Bundesliga is becoming a very good league for 
young North American talent. And I can't really think of another league that embraces MLS for North American players like that. In the MLS alone, we have Weston McKinney, Josh Sargent, we had Christian Pulisic, now we have Alfonso Davies and Tyler Adams. And we have so much American talent here, which is super cool for me to see Germany developing a lot of these players that other leagues are either overlooking or not rating as highly and kind of skipping out on. The Germans are giving them a chance and realizing that there's a lot of untapped potential here and doing it quite successfully. So I'm super happy for that. Congrats to Alfonso Davies and to Tyler Adams for getting those transfers over to the Bundesliga. They can only grow better and better. I'm proud to have these two players represent my home league in the MLS and even one represent my home club of the New York Red Bull on the international stage for two top-tier clubs. So congrats to both of them. Last thing of the day, man of the match day. This week we have a couple choices to choose from because there were a bunch of exciting matches. So first option, Kevin Voland from Leverkusen versus... Dortmund, he got two goals in that game and was an integral part of Leverkusen winning. We have Quaison, who got a hat trick. And then we have Philip Kostic, who got two goals and two assists. Who does it go to? As much as I think Voland should get it because of the fact that his team won and is pushing that race to an exciting point, I have to give it to Philip Kostic this week. Two goals, two assists. Can't argue with those kinds of numbers. He is pushing Frankfurt towards a resurgence. He's taken the ball and running with it in the absence of Allaire and Jovic and Rabic. And he is seemingly taking this team through a resurgence in 2020, which hopefully continues. So this week, man of the match day, Philip Kostic, congratulations. All right, definitely check out the show notes this week. It is just jam-packed full of stuff. I have highlights from Frankfurt's 5-0 clean sheet. I have highlights from the Hertha Berlin Mainz match, including the hat trick. I have highlights of the tactics and the back and forth between Bayern and Leipzig. And then, obviously, I have a highlight reel of Dortmund versus Leverkusen. Definitely check that out. If you check out one thing in the show notes this week, check out Dortmund versus Leverkusen. You will not be sorry. Now, I have an article as well about the storm that cancels the Cologne versus Gladbach match. I wasn't just making that up. The Bundesliga canceled that match, so you can see their justification for it in that article. Then I have a really cool picture of a side-by-side, really, of Tyler Adams and Alfonso Davies playing in the MLS against each other, and then Tyler Adams and Alfonso Davies facing each other in the Bundesliga. So check it out. It's a cool, nostalgia little picture. Check it out. Now... As far as the documentaries about these two players, there's a Soccer.com documentary about Tyler Adams, which is linked in the show notes, and the New York Red Bull farewell video as well. Then with Alfonso Davies, there's a short documentary by the Bundesliga, and there's a little bit longer one about the Vancouver Whitecaps that they made that really goes into his background and his family history, how they emigrated from Liberia, and he was born in a camp in Ghana and then made it to Canada. It's a really awesome documentary that goes deep into his family history and about how he became the soccer player he is today. Then, last thing I'm going to leave you guys with is a video of ESPN FC discussing the growth of MLS and American talent in the Bundesliga and how the Bundesliga is the perfect league to 
help these players learn and grow as footballers and why Germany does it better than anyone else. That is all in the show notes, jam-packed, just like this entire episode was. So there you go. There you guys have it. Now, if you guys want to reach out to me, my email is w2bundesliga at gmail.com. That is w, the number two, bundesliga at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram with welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is welcome to the Bundesliga with underscores between each word. That is all I got for you guys this week. Jam-packed episode. Hope you enjoyed it, and I'll see you guys next week. (laughs) 